Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity meet. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products. Welcome back to Transition of Style. I'm your host, Corinne. What's going on? Today, <laughs> I have with me Ray Angela Tutura. Ray, uh, pronouns they, them, she, her, is an advocate and partner at Bindle & Keep. After navigating the traditional custom menswear landscape as a non-binary customer, Ray felt there was a unique need for queer-slash-trans-identified tailor. In 2012, Ray asked Daniel Friedman for an apprenticeship and then forged a partnership to provide accessible and affirming tailoring services to clients of all genders. In 2016, this collaboration was featured in an HBO documentary called Suited that shares six of those clients' experiences, not just as clients, but as gender nonconforming people in our culture. Ray, what's going on? What's up? What's happening, my friend? Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. You've never been to my house before. That's, um, that's what's up. I am loving it. You guys, there's crystals, there's a dog, there's a cat. Mm-hmm. This is the place to be. This is why I quit my day job. Because <laughs> I just want to hang out with crystals, a cat, and a dog. I mean, like, who wouldn't want to do this? This like, is what we all want. I'm living yeah. my best life right now, guys. My best life. It's amazing. First of all, I think that most of the audience, most of the TOS listeners, definitely know about Suited. Right. I promised you I wouldn't go on to the gushing, get onto my gushing uh, sort of way of, of being. But I have to say, for me, Suited really set me on a path when I saw that documentary. It changed things for me pretty rapidly. I would not be sitting here right now if it weren't for Suited. I'll tell you that right now. And I know that sounds crazy. You're like, what the hell? What happened to you? But like, there was something about after seeing Suited that made me feel very seen and made me realize what kind of work I wanted to get into. That was at a job that I didn't care about. I was doing work I didn't care about. I didn't feel like I had the purpose that I wanted to have in my life. And after seeing Suited, it just set me on this path. Yeah. I'll never forget it. Seriously. That makes me so happy. I know. (laughs) <laughs> also, you have energy that burns so bright. The idea of you oh. not doing what you're doing now, oh I can't God. fathom it. Oh, you know my what I mean? God, you're so kind. Oh, my no, God. Well, thank you for saying that, but yeah, it was course. not always like this. Yeah. And I'm well, so Well, I've only grateful. known you this way, so I don't, I don't picture you oh, any other way. Right. Wow, you should see the I dim- know the purest version of oh, you. Oh, my goodness. You should have seen the dim light that I was. But we can speak about <laughs> we've that. All, we've all been dim. We'll talk about that off mic. We won't go to it on mic. For sure. It was pretty sad. But, you know, I know you've been told this many times. I know that you've heard this from other people many times it's just that that documentary was is so important and it's helped tons of people and I just I really don't know what my life would have looked like had I not seen it I think it'd have been very different I may have gotten to where I am anyway but sure. it's kind of fast-tracked that for me well yeah it's it's it can be lonely to get to where you're going oh right God, so ever any help? proof of yeah. other people sort of living parallel lives for sure is always uh, a, a resource and yeah. it's always a comfort yeah. And well, again, and it can accelerate things too. Which it is did cool. for me, and I can't thank you enough. And you know, you and the documentary in particular, I just, I remember just seeing how much emotion I could see on your face when these clients were coming into you, and you were just there to help. I could tell that you really felt their stories very strongly and very deeply, and that kind of made the difference. You know, yeah. it's very authentic. <clears throat> All right, enough of the gushing, because I promise I wouldn't do too much of that. Uh, so, suited. You know, we talked about it. You know, it came out in 2016. And, you know, we were just talking off mic a little bit about how you started taping that back in 2013. Yeah, at the end of 2013. Which shocked the hell out of me. Yeah. I didn't know you guys had been taping it for so long. Yeah. So, 
taping throughout 2013, I'm guessing 14 and 15 as well, comes out in 2016, and it made, like, I made a very big impact. But I'm curious, since we're in 2019 now, what do you think are the changes you've seen in the way people are coming out and identifying as, you know, non-binary or gender non-conforming? What do you think has changed since the documentary landed and came out? We were just talking off mic, like you said, things have been really accelerated And the truth is we had that, when was it that Laverne Cox was on the cover of Time and it was called the trans, the tipping point? Yeah. We all kind of had that feeling like we hope it is that, but we, you know, it was hard to say um, where we actually were Mm -hmm. in time and space Mm -hmm. around gender. But I think that was maybe 2014, 2015. Was it that long ago? I think it was. Wow. That was the tipping point, right? And then we had, um, Caitlyn Jenner come out. There have Mm -hmm. been all these different sort of big moments in Mm -hmm. our culture that have happened along the way. And suited is just sort of this little, this little mile marker or this like, you know what I mean? It's just like, there's a timestamp on it, right? Yes, it is. And it really shows where we were culturally at that time some of it does feel to me a little dated because we were filming back in 2013 2014 2015 so when it was released there is a reference to caitlin jenner yes and we didn't know her name as caitlin jenner yet so you can right you know there's like you're kind of like what's happening here oh right we didn't know yet that's right there's a much richer dialogue Mm -hmm. um and which of course always means there's a you know a more well-rounded backlash as well right so That's sort of the way um, things come and go in mm-hmm. our culture, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of introduce something that feels countercultural, mm-hmm. and it's existed all all along, right. but exactly. it becomes a part of the conversation in the mainstream. Yeah. And then the backlash is always things like bathroom bills, these religious freedom folks. Yeah. So yeah. You it's know, true. There's you know a pattern. Well yeah, right. there's a bit of a pattern to it. Yeah, right? you know, it's a weird. It like follows the same. Yeah, you're right. It's, yeah. it's it's almost like an adjustment. It's an adjustment yeah. period of like a back and forth. You know, right. like you introduce something like you said, this sort of countercultural, and then you have the backlash, and it's like a back and forth for a while right. until it starts to settle into a little bit of a, a normalcy, I guess. Yeah. But I guess that's how change has that's has how we do it. It's incremental. Time. Yeah. This, you know, we're not known for um, waking <laughs> up and not being homophobic <laughs> or transphobic <laughs> or racist true. anymore. We, right. you know, that's it, right. It, it takes that adjustment. A period. lot of patience, unfortunately. I totally. Yeah. Agree with that. So we're still in that strange rhythm of you know having more visibility mm-hmm. and also having um, more reactions to that visibility. Right. 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 But do you feel like it's settled in a little more? Like it's definitely settled in more. You know. Yeah. I think in a so. way that hadn't you couldn't say was that way in 2016 no you know Um, like right now it's we're talking about I feel like I keep reading articles about like how the workplace is changing and how people are you know coming out as uh, gender non-conforming or adopting a non-binary sort of identity and like what's going to happen in the workplace right and I think I mean the truth is there's that statistic came out recently about how like young people are like more than half of young people now um identify as gender fluid that's incredible um I think when when adults hear yeah. those kinds of statistics, it gives us sort of the nudge we need to come out, right? Because I think a lot of adults here in their workplaces that it's not professional to mm-hmm. be non-binary mm-hmm. or to be gender fluid or to have, you know, to use they, them pronouns. Right. And I think that when you realize the tide is going in that direction, it makes you feel like, you know, there is space for adults to be like this too. It's not just teenagers, 20 somethings, whatever it may be. And I think that we're seeing, hopefully we're seeing more middle-aged folks, whatever it may be, feeling entitled to the identities they've probably always had, but never had space for, never had language for. 
I mean, that's an incredible thought about, because I think that we really do associate the idea of being more fluid with um, youth. Young, with young people, yeah. Yeah, with, with right. young people, like you said. Yeah. And it's you're right, there are a whole slew of people that have always had some sort of identity that, that right. falls in line like with this, and they didn't have the language for it. And they didn't have the feeling that it was okay to do that, like, in right. their lives. So it's really interesting. Right, like, like you can't have a job and also be who you are. I don't know. It's just... It, no, I think it's so true. It's, there's it's so a true. lot of folks, I think, of a certain generation or certain generations, plural, who are, certain, you know, one version of themselves at work and another version of themselves so after work. So true. Right? Yeah. Like, you're really bringing up something that I feel like we don't talk about. Yeah. Like, we don't... No one talks about this. Right. Because there is, like, a thing with age and there mm-hmm. is... There are older people who are really still sitting, like, sort of in the shadows and yeah. not... That it's just they don't have the history of, of knowing that they can come out and be uh, live those identities and be okay in their lives. Like, it could be an integrated life, like you said. Like, it's right. like, I'm one way at the workplace and someplace or something completely different outside of it. That's insane. Okay. That sounds like another <laughs> episode for another day, but I really love that. Um, so, let me ask you. Can you hmm. tell me, you've, over the years, you've dealt with tons of clients, obviously. You've dealt with, like... Put, so can you tell me about uh, an interaction you had with a client that stands out in your mind? I mean, obviously, over the years, you've dealt with tons and tons of clients, and you've, you know, you, I'm sure you can think of many times where you've set somebody on a path and sort of helped them find, some, find out some things about themselves that they may have not known. Sure. But can you think of something in, in particular that just kind of stands out in your mind? <laughs> you already know I have like a montage of people that pass through my mind when I'm asked this question. The thing is, um, what stands out most to me is some of the older clients that I have that come in, they, you know, maybe middle-aged and older, they come to me with a lifetime of experience, right? Mm-hmm. And they, as much as I'm like aware of our history as a community, it's one thing to be aware of that history. It's another thing to have lived it, right? Yeah, that's right. So they that's come right. to the table, the literal table that we sit at yeah. <laughs> uh, when we work together, yeah. with all these very like vivid and visceral memories of being discriminated against. Wow. Um, and recently I worked with a client who's maybe in her, like, her 60s, mm-hmm. maybe her early 70s, mm-hmm. who remembers like having to wear articles of women's clothing um, when the police were raiding gay bars in New York and wow. you had to have a certain number yeah. of yeah. of articles of whatever you know sex yeah. you were assigned at birth yeah. you had to be wearing a minimum wow. number to not be i guess arrested whoa you know things like that that we all know happened right, right? we were like our community was literally policed right and then you know the, there are people still among us who lived through that and to work with folks who have had this experience is that must be really something it's stunning yeah it's stunning and to to be able to really just listen to them and provide them the service they should have always the attention they should have always gotten and the respect they should have always gotten right is it feels like spiritual to me, oh, you know? Yeah, and the same is true for the young folks that come in. You know, they are aware of this this history. Some of them aren't, and I spend some time talking about it. Good. But for the most part, kids come in aware. And when you're in a position to make people clothes from scratch, it's more more important than the clothing. It's like an opportunity to just spend time with each other, just being aware of the our history and yes. the privileges we now have yes. to be self-possessed. 
And so that's what comes to mind. You know what I mean? The people who are who have spent a lifetime learning to be self-possessed in a world that you know didn't want to see them. Mm-hmm didn't want to respect them. Mm-hmm. And then the younger folks who are coming into that world and they're navigating basically a lot of the same hatred, but mm-hmm. just packaged differently. Mm-hmm. Very, right? very differently. Yeah. You know, transphobia yeah. is just another version of everything we've Absolutely. already navigated. Right. Yeah, it's that's just, right. that's right. Yeah. That's right. You're right. It, it, it looks different, but it's, just, yeah. it's still the same hatred. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with a friend recently about, I have a friend that is in her early seventies mm-hmm. and is queer, a queer woman. And, you know, we talked about how every generation that we come upon the most recent generation, obviously is the one we look at as having the most freedoms and the most, sure. the most, um, I don't know, their flexibility in terms yeah. of what they want to like look like or how they want to identify, and then we look back. And sometimes when we look back, it tends to be with this gaze of like a little bit of judgment. Sometimes mm-hmm. in that, like, wow, you guys were so restrictive in the way you identified and the way you, you know, and how you, you know, how you were queer. And it's, I think it's sometimes forgotten that there is no getting here if we don't have the generation right. before us. Like right. it and lays I- the groundwork every and- single time. And context is everything. Like, being radical now is a very different thing than what it was like to be radical in the 1950s. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know? So, yeah, but we need the context. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I almost want to do an, like a, an episode about that. I feel yeah. like that's something I really want to delve into a little yeah, more. Yeah, you should interview the friend you just mentioned. Yeah, I think actually. I will. I think I will. She yeah. has lots of stories, but I think you're right. It's the same yeah. sort of stories of, like, actually, like, safety, like, feeling yeah. not safe for your person. Right. And that you might be picked up by the police. Right. Like, that's not something we talk about these days. Right. At all. So that's very real. So thanks for sharing that. That's incredible. I love it. All right. So let's talk about your journey in terms of, like, what you've done with Bindle Keep. So I've always gotten the sense, I've seen you do other interviews and, you know, I've heard you talk. And I've always gotten the sense that the clothes are important, but what's more important to you is actually the service you're providing in terms of, making people feel seen and making them feel like it's okay for them to identify in whatever way they want. Right. And so can you speak to that a little bit? Like it, we love the clothing, the clothing's great, but like the clothing is a vehicle basically. Is yeah. it not? Like yeah. what is it? Like, That's exactly right. I'm just like so relieved to be doing, uh, to have, be having a conversation where <laughs> that awareness yeah. exists. Of course I care about beautiful suits and clean lines and good construction and a silhouette that makes whoever is wearing the garment feel feel their best and look their best but um you're totally right i'm here for the relationships that i get to have with my clients i'm here for the kind of difficult feelings we feel when we are trying to be self-possessed and coming up against narrower understandings of gender and all kinds of things so yeah i try to make the consultations and the fittings that i have with clients as much as they're educational around suiting, I try to just hold space for those folks and make sure that they feel like there's some balance to all the times they've gone to stores or whatever it may be and felt invisibilized, mm-hmm. discriminated against, yep. whatever it is, yep. you know, whether it's really aggressive or just a subtle feeling that nothing is going to fit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I try to just create balance um, by being, you know, the salesperson that they should have encountered in the first place yeah. and... 
just holding space for those experiences because I think a lot of the time the harm that's done to us in retail spaces and in our culture around our bodies and the way we dress them can be that harm can be reduced just through conversation and through someone just not did you say judging yeah just not judging not just being aware that there's a lot of internalized shame and that like that's real but Mm -hmm. also it's imposed upon us so it's you know it's our unfortunately our work to sort of unburden ourselves of those things i I think that um, that work feels best when we're doing it together right having a conversation like this right right Right. it's it's hard work yes but it's it's it does provide us with a sense of connection to our to our people yeah i love that I don't think people realize the amount of trauma that goes into sometimes going to those spaces yeah. and what the effect is of that. Yeah. Walking into a, 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 sh- a store or walking into maybe the men's department if you're a woman and wanting to buy something and buy mm-hmm. clothing and being ignored or being shamed or whatever the case is. I don't think people realize the effect that has. Yeah. And so what you're doing by you know kind of unburdening yeah. someone with that, it's big work. It's huge work. It's such important work. You know, all I've heard from people on my podcast at, from day one, I mean, even when we started with my co-host, is what it feels like to walk into these environments and be just ignored and just feel like you're just mis- like you like you're misplaced, like you're in the yeah. wrong place, like you have no business there. Yeah, I always say that when I first started going into the men's section of stores, that I felt like I was trespassing, or That's I felt right. like I had to be like, I'm shopping for my brother. Yeah, exactly. You know, and right. I'm sure a lot of people experience that in like all sorts of binary retail spaces. You know, I know plenty of grown people who adults who yeah. shop in the kids sections because right. those sizes fit them better, right. and then they feel like they need to pretend that they're shopping for actual children. And it's like we're all sort of just trying to make what, you know, is available to us work. Exactly. And we we should be we should feel entitled to shop in whatever spaces we find the clothes that work Wherever best for us. We want. And we unfortunately, want. there's a lot of weird energy yeah. about who's allowed to be perusing and trying things on. It's incredible. It's like, I'm sorry, is this not money? Is money I know, not exactly. okay? It's like, you know, I thought we were capitalist money? pigs. What, you <laughs> know what I mean? we're not in some ways. Isn't that crazy? Exactly. It is really strange I keep to thinking, me. like, what? I thought this should be the only benefit of capitalism <laughs> right, exactly. that, like, I'm throwing money exactly, at you so right. leave me alone. Be just fine, right? Or treat me, but, but now know, find my size. But now this is yeah. still a problem So on yeah. some level, right? Totally. It's incredible, yeah. It's like, it just it always just shocks me that yeah. this is what we're dealing with. Anyway, but, um... <laughs> I well, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I kind of love that. So now my next question, I forgot to mention this to you sooner, but like, Please. what do you think um, things would have been like for you if you, when you were like coming out and you were like finding your identity as a gender nonconforming person, what would it have been like for you to have a bend on keep at that time? Because you, you didn't have access. <laughs> do you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you didn't have access to that. Yeah. Like you had to navigate in your way. Right. What would it have been like for you? I have no idea. <laughs> I have it's no hard idea. To think, right? It's hard yeah, I, like- f- I felt really. I mean, it's hard to imagine. I was really isolated. I mean, I, th- I think that's why I'm good at what I do. I was isolated. You know, I was really isolated in figuring out um, my identity and figuring out, you know, my aesthetic. And I just really know that loneliness and yeah. what it's like to sort of be your own companion through those kinds of investigations yeah. and yeah. those experiments and going into stores where you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I was doing that alone and I think a lot of folks do it that way. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm kind of glad that there wasn't a Bindaloon Keep or like some version of it, right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. what it's my foundation for like empathy and for you know this is sort of the the real heart of it, right? Yeah, yeah. and that's a, I mean that's an incredible answer. Thank you, <laughs> and I have to say that just because. I, sometimes it's so important to make the connection between something that you're going through that's very painful at the time right. and what what that pain and what that having to survive that particular thing, what kind of outcome that brings to you, what it makes you, you know? And I think that there, it's very hard sometimes to, like, remember that sometimes these painful situations become a part of what makes us who we are yeah, and, I mean, and we forget about that sometimes yeah. and I just love that I love that answer thank you oh, so good you're a great interview you're amazing <laughs> I love it I, I listen lo- to a lot of public radio <laughs> <laughs> <Do> you, <really? laughs> totally. you, got, you got it down I, I love it take notes, yeah. <laughs> you got it down so tell me about you and your identity how do you feel like your identity and your clothing is evolving I think that I'm at a point where I, I feel like my clothing is just very practical and comfortable I'm wearing pants that have stretch. <laughs> yeah. I know they look they look very like they don't clean look cut. Stretch. Yeah, but uh, Uniqlo, dude. Oh, um, so my chinos look like chinos, but they're yeah. actually like pajamas. Oh, I love it. Um, very stretchy and waistband. It's a good, look. It's Thank a good you. look. I love stretchy waistband. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty practical in how I dress now, in a way that I don't think I allowed myself to be in the past. I think I just always wanted to. Unfortunately, this is going to go into some politics. Go ahead. Do it. I mean, it's not unfortunate, but um, I historically have been afraid. First, because I was was gay, I was worried that people would meet me and think that, and be homophobic and then generalize about gay people based on me. Yeah. So I always was like a clean cut gay person. Yeah. And then of course I realized I had a, I have a gender as well. And right. so then I wanted to be like a clean cut gender person. That's right. what I always say. Okay. In lieu of having a term for whatever it is that I am. Yeah. So there's a sort of assimilation politics to this where mm-hmm. like I just didn't I was afraid of not being clean cut because I was afraid that that would affect the larger community of gay people or mm-hmm. of trans or gender non-conforming people somehow. Interesting. This is a crazy ass really? thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's partially because I was raised by my grandparents, mm-hmm. so I'm sort of, as much as I was born in the 80s, like, I have a very different concept of, you know, good manners and yeah. things like this, yeah. and part of having good manners to me is, like, sh- tucking your shirt in. <laughs> I don't know what You do heck. have a look. I and, do have a and look. It's, and it's such a good look for Thank you. Thank you. It's a great look on you. So whatever remnants of that look I have are yeah. not because I'm trying to assimilate or okay. because I'm trying to make sure that people think I'm, like, clean cut yeah. um, and an attempt to protect our queer family, right? Okay. It's just what ended up being my aesthetic, okay. right? Right. Okay. Thankfully. Sure. Um, but... Yeah, I think that's, like, one of the truths about homophobia and transphobia, right, is that, like, you worry, and I'm sure this, uh, I just, like, whenever you're the only person someone knows of a, of a certain community or identity, yeah. you're like, oh, damn, this is a huge responsibility, yeah. right? right? Right. So, thankfully, I don't feel that way anymore. I like, I'm not, not. trying yeah, that's to. that's a lot of pressure. Right, of course, <laughs> and we're such a diverse community. It would be yeah. insane to even try to, like, it's, like, almost narcissistic to think that, like, you could be representative of anyone other than yourself. Right. Um, so thankfully, I only represent myself Good, now. good. Um, Let's keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my identity, um, as I have become more comfortable with my masculine presentation, my identity has actually become um, much more feminine. Yeah. So yeah. that's sort of my personal liberation, mm-hmm. right? I think I always was feminine. I just, like, 
didn't know how to be feminine. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like if my voice was feminine or if my mannerisms were feminine, feminine, then I was undermining some sort of idea of myself in the world. Yeah. And the yeah. truth is, we're all so nuanced. Like, right. it would be a shame to, like, to only be one thing. That's right. For me. That's I mean, right. I think right. maybe some people um, don't, you know, are their authentic selves may be, like, more... Mm -hmm. Uh, you feel like more like uh, more of the masculine side, or yeah, more, more one thing. Yeah, yeah, more uh, yeah, like yeah, towards uh, another end of like sort of the spectrum. You're saying, yeah, yeah. like some folks may just be like very well situated, sure, right, sure, and I respect that. And for me, I think that my identity can look a certain way, but feels a different way. Um, and I always say, and I think when we were on that panel um, with Juanita, yeah. I said something like. Um, just because someone... So this this is a panel that oh, you're talking me, about. Sorry. No, that's okay. You're talking about the panel. The um, there was a panel project. at the Fluid Project. Yeah. And it was... What was it about again? It was like... Was this the, the gender, gender non-conforming fashion? Exactly. In... Okay, right. Yes. Oh, the future of gender non-conforming fashion. Right, exactly. Okay. Future of gender non-conforming fashion. Chris Harrington was on it. Yes. Um, Anita Dolce Vita with... Yes, Anita. Dapper Q. That's how I know her. And yeah. um, you were on it. Yeah. So, so Anita, I said something like about just because someone looks gender, like they're gender conforming, mm -hmm. doesn't mean they are. Yes. Or just because someone looks yes. a certain way. You know? That's right. That's right. And she really, I was really glad to hear her kind of relate to that. Right. Because I think that's true, a lot of people. So I think that we all owe each other a little more attention, a little bit of a closer look. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of so many facets of right, of right. ourselves, but you know, in terms of gender too, yes, right? Totally. Just because someone looks the way I look or looks the way you look, right. doesn't give you um, all the information you might need to That's understand. Right. That's right. Their That's right. Their energy, That's their right. relationship to masculinity or femininity, right? right? right. Just because right. like we have fades. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I agree. Doesn't, no, you're yeah, right. Doesn't that's, that's tell true. you everything about us. One hundred percent true. Um, and, yeah. No, so, I'm sorry. Finish. What no, you're please. I'm all, I'm all. I'm just like freestyling. Now, no. So, yeah. so I I agree, and I think that um, what part of why I'm asking that question is because what I'm starting to realize is that you know a lot of fluid identity is being seen and it's becoming a lot more visible. We do need to make space for the the people that are maybe in a shift, a bit of a shift. You know, we do need to make room for the shift. So you may know somebody who has typically always identified as very masculine center and they, you know, sure. wear suits and, and ties and things of that sort. But we are evolving creatures. And sometimes that within our evolution, once we've gotten to a place where we're comfortable with one sort of identity, we realize, OK, maybe there's more to this. Right. Maybe this is not where I want to rest. Maybe there's more. Yeah. Sometimes our identities expand. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I think as our culture evolves around us, um, we evolve too. Yeah. Sometimes the evolution is external. Right. It becomes from the outside. Right. Because this is the the thing about our landscape is there's so much um, in, like internalized shame. Mm -hmm. So um, people who have found themselves in a masculine identity, for example, probably like fought pretty hard to yeah. feel comfortable and to be treated fairly in that presentation absolutely and it's probably really hard to imagine anything other than that mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but the truth is as the as the landscape sort of shifts around us it does allow you to kind of imagine different versions of yourself right right, right. for some people that's not the case right. um for other people i don't know i think it's nice to kind of revisit things that once made you feel badly and find out 
they're less charged mm. or that you like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, understand That's why we see people, like, trying on makeup yeah. and doing things yeah. that once, you know, were once forced upon them. Right, exactly. Right? So, so reclaiming like, them in a yeah, way, right? exactly. In this really great way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love that idea. I really want us as a community to make space for that, though. Yeah, you know, to same. make the room for that to yeah. happen. Because it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it really isn't any different than what you know, someone may have been facing when they came out with one identity earlier on. Yeah. Now this is a new sort of identity and we need to make space for it. We need right. to give them the room to explore that and, right. and whatever it looks like, kind of support it. You know, yeah, like totally. don't, let's not put them in some sort of box and decide that once they've chosen an identity that it has to remain that way. You know, they yeah, can, it's not always fixed. No, it's not. That's I what mean, I was trying to say before too. Like that, when some exactly. folks have fixed identities, exactly. and I think that's totally. It's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Like, I think that's great. I wish, in some ways, <laughs> I wish that my identity was fixed. Really? Do you want it to be fixed? I mean, isn't it interesting to just? <gasps> no, it's interesting. I mean, you're like I don't know. I don't know. You know, um, there's uh, my life. I feel like life on Earth is very dynamic. <laughs> yeah, it would right. be nice for one thing not to be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you need a constant. Like you I need know, one constant like one here. One fixed thing. One damn constant. Just you know, give me one. It's I'm, it's fine. I've had the same haircut for like 15 years. That's my fixed. <laughs> it that's looks my good fixed. on you. It looks good on you. You, you should never a, change that. You haircut. find a shape that works with the face. Right. And you just keep it. Yeah. <laughs> you find somebody. You cut it. You also shouldn't change that. Well. I agree. Stay committed to your barbers, people. Everyone should remain committed. I don't feel like we have to convince anybody to nah. be committed to their nah, barber. That's, good. that's a relationship that most people won't just walk away from very easily. I'm going to get a haircut after this. Really? I'm looking at your hair. Really? Like, right. When I was a kid, my uh, my mom washed it with mayonnaise. No, really? To, to put protein Is in that, it. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's when you use like, I've used mayonnaise before. Yeah, it's like a conditioner. I'm used to like, yeah. I thought that I, was some kind of secret. You knew it too. Well, no, I think it's not. It's actually not the biggest secret. <laughs> I just thought it was gross because I can remember being a kid and like having mayonnaise like dripping down my face and I'm like no just like slop it up with a slice of bread and make a sandwich do you have like, you have like mayonnaise fear now do you like you no, know I, see, I love like mayonnaise. mayonnaise phobia no but the idea of like cold mayonnaise like on your head it's just like not great I like anyway. this. Is, this has gone off the rails. It has. Just My bring bad. it back. It's okay. I love it. Let me just rearrange. Talk of mayonnaise as a conditioner. Um, <laughs> that's another. That's for another episode. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you the question that I ask all my guests. I would love for you to finish the sentence. I feel most authentic when. I feel most authentic when. Oh, this is a weird answer. Um, I actually just pictured myself eating. Ooh, food is always yummy. Yeah. What? Um, I'm wearing a white t-shirt. Yeah. Tucked into my pants because it's always tucked in. <laughs> yeah. My, my partner recently asked me, she was like, when did you start tucking in your t-shirts? And I was like, I don't know, like the 1940s. Um, Good answer. Thank you. So I'm, I feel mo- most authentic when I am eating um, a big meal with my partner and oh. our our best friends our oh, chosen nice. fam yeah. yeah that's nice yeah is it like is it a sunday dinner like what mm, is well we don't have a sunday dinner because my best friend currently lives in north carolina mm-hmm. um and our other best friend she lives in greenpoint she's the one who's gonna cut my hair after this so we don't manage to sit at a table together on a weekly basis but i wish we could yeah yeah so you feel most authentic. You feel like at home and just like yourself oh, yeah. and like when you're in those environments. Yeah, just with like literally only like two best friends, my partner, like an intimate gathering. Oh, that's and nice. like just pigging out. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I feel like I, I get all sorts of answers. I've never gotten one about like having a, a meal with friends and family. I'm a, that's kind of cool. I'm a pretty food oriented person. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, know. I think we, right. most of us are. So yeah, I understand exactly. that. I know. Yeah. When you talk about food motivated, I always feel like people refer to pets as being food motivated, but I'm like, people are also food motivated. 
Yeah. Very much so, right? I am. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, the right kind of food, you're like, yeah, I'll do some yeah. things. I'm down. Yeah. I'll do anything for food. <laughs> I totally agree. Like, what do you like to eat now? Now you got to know what you like to eat. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> What's your favorite? What do you love? My favorite food... Like, what if you were having that meal with your partner and your okay. best friends? Like, what's the ideal meal then? Oh, shit. This is... Now you're getting to the All meal. right. Well, you know, only if you can answer it. Okay. So, my best friend that I mentioned, Nick, she lives in North Carolina. Everything she makes feels like it heals you. She's Ooh. She happens to be a healer. She's Whoa. in acupuncture school. Really? So, she'll be like, oh, I'm going to make challah for the first time. And then you eat it, and you're like, this was the first time you ate this. <laughs> really? Like, it's just, like, really good. I love how you, you got into a whisper. You're like, wow, you do love food. <laughs> yeah, I do. You <laughs> I can switched tell. it on for me. Now I know. Um, so, she actually makes really good broth. Ooh. So really? I would I would want to have like, like chicken broth. Yeah. Wow. The last time I s- we had food together, we were um, upstate, and she made broth out of just like random onions and stuff. Like n- you know what I mean? Like just basic broth. Yeah. And it was so good. Oh my. <laughs> like I would just drink a mug of that broth with her. <laughs> That's basic. Wow. But, that, I mean, that is a wow. You do love food. <laughs> You're drinking a mug of mug of broth. I'm That's like, amazing. give me some bone broth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's with amazing. my best friend. That's amazing. So, by the way, I do yeah, want to mention for our listeners course. that we do have your dog here, and your dog yeah. is just all about, you, like, I need to be on this podcast. So if you hear any muttering or some walking around, that is your dog. What's like, your dog's name? Chicky. Chicky is here in the house, and Chicky is not interested in not being on the podcast. And I so. want to give you some credit, because I think you've been massaging Chicky. Right. I've had to, to yeah. Chicky has been getting some massages, doggy massages, yeah, like because... tissue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Massage. Shiatsu yeah, for damn. dogs. It's yes. That might be a new oils out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm opening up a new shop. Shiatsu for dogs. Now I know what I can do for money. Great. That's awesome. I love it. It's probably pretty lucrative. <laughs> I'm going to have a full calendar. Forget about it. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm glad I got a chance to talk with dogs you before away. you got so busy. I'll be turning dogs away. <laughs> it's amazing. Can you tell me about projects you're working on right now? Like, Tell me about what Bindle Keep is up to doing yeah. right now. Um, Bindle and Keep is currently partnered with both the Innocence Project. So we've been, for the last, I think, two years now, mm-hmm. we've been putting uh, exonerated folks mm-hmm. in free suits. So it's sort of a rite of passage when these folks are finally free again um, and sort of integrating themselves into their lives, yeah, into society, into society like, again. Yeah, like we make them yeah. a suit and a shirt to sort of help them, whether it's a lot of folks are still navigating the legal system, so they still have to sort of suit up, right. unfortunately. Right. And other folks are looking for jobs and that kind of thing. And some folks right. just really want a suit to um, take ownership of their own right. look again, right, after so many years of being dehumanized through um, wearing a uniform. Right. So we do that, and we more recently, um, just this year, started working with Footsteps, which is a nonprofit here in New York mm-hmm. um, that provides services to folks who are leaving, who are, or who have left the uh, ultra orthodox or Hasidic community. Interesting. Uh, many of whom are queer. Right. So really, yeah, really, yeah. So wow. it's not just. I mean, it's a very diverse community of people, obviously. But um, I've worked with two clients so far. One of whom is cis and straight and lovely, wow. and the other is a trans guy 
um, who's, who's great. So we're helping those folks to integrate themselves into secular life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as they navigate school and work right. in the secular world for the first time, wow. um, having clothes to, uh, yeah. you know, navigate yeah. that uh, helps that's, that's for incredible. sure. That's incredible. Yeah. That is, those two really great projects. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. And how long have you been doing? So I know you guys have been doing the Innocent Project for a little while now. How yeah. long is the other project? What was it called? The organization is called Footsteps. Footsteps. And we just started working with them this year. We started talking with them about it last year. My friend is director of development there. So um, she and I started discussing this um, last year. But only this year have we started actually working with clients. Basically, both organizations connect us through their social workers. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Oh, great, great projects. Really great projects. Yeah. So I know that everyone knows where to find Ben O'Keefe or knows where to find you pretty much. But would you mind for the audience just kind of giving us an idea of where to find Ben O'Keefe and also... you on social media, sure. you know, websites, any sort of plugging you want to do? Yeah. So Bindle and Keep is just, we have a website, bindleandkeep.com. Our Instagram is just our name as well. And for those of those of you who may not really even know how to spell Bindle and Keep, I'll spell it. B-I-N-D-L-E-N-A-N-D. Keep. K-E-E-P. So that's our Instagram handle. And I'm, my name is Ray Angelo Tutera. And my Instagram handle is simply my name. And Ray is spelled R-A-E. Fantastic. Fantastic. Cool. Well, by the way, this is mm. a dream come true, having you on this podcast. You're the best. Uh, well, you know how I feel about you. Okay? You are it's just like, so sweet. It has to, the gushing has to stop. I know that. No, it doesn't. It does. Okay. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just go crazy when I see Ray, and Ray knows. I think sometimes Ray's like, I just got to go the other way. No. I see her coming. That never happens. I have to run never. from this. It's too much No, love. there are people in the world I might feel that way about. You are not one of them. Well, I'm happy to hear this. And now it's on tape, so I hope it's true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would never late. lie on a recording. <laughs> right. My God. It could be played back, and you have to answer some questions. <laughs> what am I, like, Nixon? <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, listen, thank you so much for being on thank today. You. I It is an absolute pleasure to have Likewise. you on. You know I've always... I've always loved what you've done. I've lo- always loved everything you've worked on. And, you know, I mean, even years before Suited, I, you know, I've read about you, you in the New York Times. Like, oh, you've done goodness. so much, and you've been such an incredible resource and such a gem in our community. And I just want to tell you that you're an amazing person, and I Thank love you. you for it. It's completely uh, mutual. Oh, my you God. You heard it, guys. It's on tape now. Mutual. It's on tape. <laughs> freaking love it. All right. Well, thanks so much for thank being you. with us today. I really appreciate it. Likewise. And guys, thank you so much for listening today. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate and comment. And of course, if you have any questions, you can always DM us on uh, Instagram or Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Bye, guys. 